Hi, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Gills Talk podcast. I hope you are having a great start to your December. I don't know about you all, this year has flew by. 2023 came and gone in a flash, but I am really excited for 2024 and to see what the new year does bring for us. Today we have a brand new episode for you with our Gills Club scholar, Grace. Throughout our episode, we're going to hear about her opportunity being able to go to the Biology of Sharks course, which is at the Shoals Marine Lab in New Hampshire, working with our Gills Club co-founder, Heather Marshall, and as well as one of our Gills Club scientists, Maggie Winchester. We're also going to talk a little bit about her background and how she came to go to this course and be able to be a scholarship recipient of the Gills Club Scholarship. If this is a scholarship you are interested in learning more about, this is definitely a great podcast to listen to, or you can listen to our Gills Club Scholarship recipient episode from last year as well. We will be posting more about the Gills Club Scholarship for the 2024 year in the new year, so be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Gills Club for any more information when that scholarship will be posted. This scholarship is for the Biology of Sharks course that Shoals does hold each summer. So if you're interested in maybe learning more about the scholarship and what that course entails, this is a really great podcast to sit and listen to. But nevertheless, a great podcast all in all. So again, thank you all for listening and for following along with us. If you have been here since day one, or if this is your very first Gills Talk episode, I'm excited for you all to be here. So sit back and relax and let's listen to our Gills Club scholar, Grace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gills Talk podcast. And today we have this summer's Gills Club scholar, Grace, on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I'm excited to hear about your experience at the Shoals Marine Lab doing everything fun, marine science and sharks with one of our Gills Club co-founders, Dr. Heather Marshall, and as well as one of our other Gills Club scientists, Maggie Winchester as well. So definitely a fun group to be with. So I'm just going to kick off with our questions today. So I would love to know how you found out about the Gills Club scholarship. Yeah. So um, I think my whole networking journey has definitely been kind of crazy. You know, about a year ago during this time, I had taken a step away from, you know, the career in the field that I got my degree in, which was psychology. So um, it was definitely a little bit scary for me. And I started out in Facebook groups, kind of just trying to join them for environmental science and marine biology. And um, and then that kind of transitioned to Instagram. And that's where I found Miss. And Miss had, um, you know, an opening for internships with LTO, which is Love the Oceans, and then AWSC, Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. And um, I looked a little bit further into these, obviously, did my research on them. And then that's kind of what led me to Gills Club, where I was researching Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. And then I found this like little sub program. And I was like, wow, like this really fits my situation because, you know, as a historian, historically excluded individual. I was kind of struggling to find opportunities, especially to as someone who's kind of in between degrees. I was like, oh my God, like, am I even eligible for this? So I reached out and, you know, I got a really positive response, was encouraged to apply. And that's what I did. And, you know, I'm really glad that I took that leap because part of me was like, okay, like, I might not even be eligible for this. Like, should I even try? But I'm glad that I kind of, you know, took that leap, reached out, and then again, received a pretty positive response and I did it. And I'm so glad that I did. 
Oh, wait, I love hearing that story. So I had no idea that you were a psychology major at first. So then what even made you want to like get into sharks after, you know, going to school for psychology? I think that's always like something that people are like, what? Um, and even me too, I'm still shocked about it. But um, I guess my love started off for like neuroscience. So I was a neuroscience major and then I switched to psychology and I really enjoyed all of my science classes. So I have obviously my degree in psychology. It's a bachelor of science, but I have a strong science background and some of that, you know, involved biology, biology coursework, biology lab work, chem lab work, chem chem um, coursework. And then also to one of the labs that I really loved was actually a genomics lab. So, you know, I love the lab setting, but I also realized, you know, do I want to spend my entire time like in a building? And I think that was the ultimate question to myself. And I was like, I love the outdoors. And I feel like for me to be happy in my career, there's going to have to be a balance. So of course, we all know there's data, there's papers, there's whatever. Um, but I think that there's also ways for me to be outdoors with field work. And that was something I was really interested in. So um, the first initiative I kind of took towards that was becoming a certified California naturalist through the UC system or University of California. And I did this at a local conservation district. So that's kind of where everything started. And then I realized like, yes, I love the environment. I love forests, but I also really love the ocean. And then it kind of just went from there, um, really just about conservation of apex predators. I know I know sometimes people are like sharks aren't always apex predators. We all know that sometimes, you know, they're not they're not the apex, but some of them are, but still kind of this passion to eliminate stigma because we understand that sharks have so much stigma and that was something that I was kind of like, hey, like y'all, we need to care about this. Like we can't continue to villainize them. They are important to the environment and their ecosystem. So that's kind of what led me to that. I know it's a bit of like a windy path, but you know, I'm here now. And now that I've got my foot in the door, I'm really happy about it. Well, that's incredible. I love hearing the story of how you got to be in this current position that you are in. And so then I am sure that then maybe making this transition, maybe there were some challenges involved? Maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, you just said you had to take some biology classes and chemistry classes. And I'm sure being a psych major, you know, you had to take labs, learn how to write papers and everything. So was this kind of very like a natural transition for you to go into this? Or was it something that were there like some challenges along the way in that type of aspect? I definitely can say that there were challenges along the way, whether it was like me personally, like being in my own head or just um, the coursework in general, because I feel like, you know, at face value, I always kind of in my head was like, oh, my God, like, is my degree obsolete at this point? Like, despite the fact that I, you know, made the effort to get a Bachelor of Science, are people just going to look at me and be like, oh, your degree is in psychology? Like, we're not going to accept that. So that was something that I always feared. I'm someone who loves science. So it was fairly easy for me to try and attempt that transition. It wasn't exactly like something I was scared about, but I think I definitely had imposter syndrome because I was like, you know, despite all of my extensive science background in undergrad, is anyone going to accept me? And I was like, okay, well, let me be good enough for them so that they can't say no. And that was my thing with, you know, becoming a certified California naturalist. I was like, okay, I'm in a transition period. If I want to go back to grad school, 
let me take the initiative and the steps to get field work. So I did that, you know, I became the certified California naturalist. And then afterwards, I um, actually went to Costa Rica um, to work with sea turtles. So that was really fun. And then, you know, I just really hammered away at applications for like internships and programs for field-based work. And that's kind of where I came across, you know, Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, Gills Club, and even um, Bimini Shark Lab as well. I think it just proves to show that, I mean, I can definitely tell just by like your energy and you sharing your story with me tonight is that you are a go-getter, you're a doer. (laughs) And I think it's really amazing to see that like, you're like, you're like tenacity and drive. Like you're giving me like invigorated, like it's seven o'clock at night here right now. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to like get off with you and just like dive in. (laughs) You're welcome. And I think it's also important to know for anyone that's listening that may be in the same position as you are right now, Grace, that, you know, you always don't have to be a background in marine science or marine biology to do what you want to do. And psychology, um, I know for you, you're looking in for for field work and stuff, but for someone that is in psychology and wants to look in this, you know, there's a lot of things like, I don't know if you had to take animal behavior classes for part of your, your major, but you know, that can help with this current field of marine science. My best friend, she was a marine science major like me, but she did a minor in psych because she wanted to go in to husbandry work and work in trading. And so like she needed that degree actually. So (laughs) yeah, it's so important. I I connected with somebody as well who was kind of in the same position and she's been all over she's been to like Malaysia she's been to Thailand she's been a bunch of places so she was also an inspiration for me but you know speaking to people who were kind enough to take the time and speak with me and reassure me was really important because again I started this whole journey off thinking my degree is obsolete what am I going to do and then I realized well wait a minute you know a lot of psychology is based in animal behavior whether it I mean you know Maybe not all of it is based in sharks, but, you know, a lot of it is animal related. And then on top of that, there are so much human dimensions in, you know, conservation, in field work, things like that. In order for us to communicate with the public or in order for us to communicate with, you know, government agencies, it's so important to have that human dimensions aspect. So that's where I was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I can still do what I love and utilize my degree as well. So for me, you know, obviously I'm still figuring out figuring out my path, but I also am kind of looking at science communication and then outreach and education because currently I am an educator. I'm a substitute teacher. So um, there's that. And that's definitely something that I can leverage towards my future. And I do plan to kind of incorporate all of those things. Yeah. And I think it's okay to know what you, it's okay to not know what you currently want to do. And you're getting experience in a little bit of everything, which is just going to help you out along the way. But I want to hear more about actually the biology of sharks course. Cause it's duh. Cause it is the gills talk podcast. So I would love to hear about your experience doing that course a little bit. Well, I think it was actually really good for me because, you know, again, I graduated about two years ago, so there's been that gap and I needed something to kind of put me back in a rhythm and help me be a little more, you know, disciplined. And this course helped me do that. Like it, I think it definitely too, like personal and internal work, it helped me to really discover what study habits were going to work for me under pressure and which ones were not going to. And I definitely did discover that I did well in the class. And I think that's obviously due to, you know, work ethic, but really also due to the instructors. They were amazing. They were super patient and they were a wealth of knowledge. So, you know, I learned a lot walking away from it. I also liked that it was very hands-on. We did labs. We obviously did quizzes and lectures. But for me, I 
for sure, for sure fell in love with stress physiology. So shout out to Dr. Heather Marshall and to Maggie and also um, also Liz Whitson sorry, um, for helping me with that. That was amazing. I was able to do that on the boat. I mean, even prior to this opportunity, I live in California. I'm like only a couple hours away from the ocean, but you know, we don't always get time to go. And that's kind of unfortunate. I don't know how to drive a boat. I didn't even go ocean fishing before this. So this opportunity helped me to understand what it was like to do field work on a boat and then also how to fish in the ocean. And that was really fun. I caught like, I got really excited. I think I caught like 10 fish. I don't know if they were all mackerel, um, <laughs> but I was like so excited. I did not think I was going to catch any fish. I was getting kind of discouraged. So I caught a good amount of fish. And then, you know, I did a little project with my group, an empirical research project on stress physiology in fish. Um, and we did it more specifically on mackerel and pollock. A lot of our sample was mackerel, uh, but that was super fun. And I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I was like hands-on. We were catching the fish. I was drawing the blood from it and then rushing to the cabin to go ahead and do the um the processing. So we processed for lactate and hematocrit. And I was just like, oh my God, like it just made me feel like a scientist and it made me feel really independent. And I think that was something I really needed. I walked away with this type of skill set that I can now leverage towards other opportunities or connect with other um, people who are studying stress physiology and say, hey, like, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for grad school. And that's something that was really important to me. That's awesome. I love that you got so much out of just like that one little blip from your experience there. I mean, I know your time with that course, they like jam it in for everything that you are doing between lectures, the field work, the tagging, the, the, your own like experiments, they are having you run. Like it is a week that like, I always tell Heather, when we talked to her, I was like, I just want to like crash. I just want to be like a fly on the wall and just like yeah. watch it go down. <laughs> it's amazing though. I definitely walked away and I was like, Oh my God, like my brain, it feels so like swollen with knowledge. Cause I mean, like phylogeny, I was like, okay, I got this like heterodoniforms and like squaliforms and just, you know, <laughs> so I was just like, I know what that means. Or even like looking at like textbooks and looking at like the scientific name, I'm like, okay, like, I know what that means or even to just like you know there was a bunch of interesting things I learned especially about like maybe reproduction again stress physiology and then also sensory systems I was like whoa even anatomy I mean of course we're not expecting sharks to have the same anatomy as us but just understanding like okay like my kidneys look completely different from a shark's kidneys like it's it was super crazy to learn but also really interesting and it it stuck with me yeah and I think that and even as you were saying, you know, like you're applying all these techniques throughout your time that you were there and then you can kind of come back and like sit and be like, okay, maybe what do I want to like focus on next? Maybe it is going to be the stress physiology of, of it all. It could be completely something else, but I love that you took that opportunity to like get your brain, like moving and grooving, kind of getting like the wheels re-greased. Cause I know like if I've been out of school for way longer. And if I would like jump into a course like that, I'd be like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was intimidated, but then I was like, no, I got this. And like the instructors were so helpful. Like they weren't there to set us up for failure. They were there to set us up for success. And they really like did everything they could to accommodate to us and make sure that we were going to succeed in the course. Yeah. So speaking of those instructors, a few of them are Gills Club scientists and or co-founders of the Gills Club. So how was it working with Dr. Heather Marshall and Maggie Winchester? 
They were amazing. So obviously, I mean, they were there for everything. They were there for lecture. They were there for quiz. They were there for lab and also the field work on the boat. And I think that that was so important. And my thing too was like, above all, whenever I'm looking for opportunities, yes, I'm looking for opportunities that are going to benefit me in my future. But I think I also mentioned this in class is that I'm looking for an opportunity that is a safe, comfortable and accepting space for me. Because again, I'm a woman of color, a historically excluded individual. And you know, I've been in spaces before where there was, you know, maybe a condescending attitude or abrasiveness and it made me uncomfortable and it, it discouraged me. So it was really important that they did this and they probably like don't even realize like how important it was, but they did it. And I just really appreciated it. It allowed me to ask questions and not feel like embarrassed if it like sounded like a dumb question. You know, um, they really opened up the space for conversations that were real and genuine. And I really appreciated that. And again, you know, they provided so much clarity, whether it was pertaining to the actual coursework or even to like, hey, this is your future. Are you planning on going to grad school? Are you planning on going to, you know, a government agency? Are you planning on going to education? And that's kind of where they are right now. So that was good to have that insight, especially for someone who's currently an educator. Um, or are you planning on doing like a master's or PhD? What's the difference? What do you think is going to best accommodate your situation? So just having this like, information from people who have been through it was really important and then also the field work so like both Dr. Heather Marshall and then Maggie they were amazing with the field work you know we were literally like right there we we're practically <laughs> holding hands to like stabilize the needle when we we're drawing from the fish um, and then also to like do our lactate testing so mm-hmm. you know we were definitely like in it together and I appreciated that they were super patient with the field work as well because again it's tedious stuff we're on a boat that's like swaying like crazy so I really appreciated their patience and their kindness and their willingness to help me absolutely and I think it's really amazing to hear that like they set up this environment for you and your other classmates to feel that comfortable and still and feel important within that environment too, because that's just success, not just for them, but for everyone there within the program itself. So then speaking of the field work, and you said like almost being like hand in hand, being able to do these blood tests and stuff, what type of shark species were you able then to have experience with that in that time? So we actually, unfortunately did not get to catch any sharks. This was due to a suspected algal bloom, but we did catch a lot of fish. So um, it was really funny. I'm like, I get to say I did it. But my first fish that I actually sampled on was a cusk fish, which to me, like the only way I can describe it is almost like this massive tadpole because the like tail is so thick and we did, you know, a draw from like the caudal area. So It was very difficult, but I eventually got it. And then afterwards, once we started pulling in our samples, I drew on um, mackerel. So that was a lot easier. I do hope to eventually draw on sharks in the future. But honestly, like, I feel like the class had so much fun, despite the fact that we didn't catch sharks. We all had a really positive attitude. And honestly, I'm the person that's like, I'm just happy to be here. So, you know, (laughs) I was just happy to be there. I was happy to do it. And I think it was really important, too. So it, it was kind of like, um like levels for me. Okay. So I did the cusk fish. That was my first. Now I'm stepping it up and I'm doing it on macro, which is my actual sample for my empirical research. And then, um, you know, in the future, I do plan to start doing blood sampling on sharks for stress physiology. So that was really interesting. Um, we did see some species, obviously, in our um, little water table in the labs. 
So um, those ones were from the lab already. But yeah, I, I mean, I saw like a scallop hammerhead. That was really cool. And we saw some skates and rays. So that was awesome as well. And then um, there was another research group. I didn't get to like touch them per se. And I don't think that we probably should have just because they were so young. But they were, I don't remember if they were skates, but I know that there was like little sharks in there as well. So there were some babies and they had come out of their egg cases. So um, another dogfish. I, I don't know. I think they might have been. Um, we definitely dissected a dogfish, though. So that was cool as well. Um, so despite not being able to catch any like live sharks, we did, you know, have the specimen that we dissected and then the ones that we were able to kind of see in the water table. But yeah, it was it was still really fun for me. And um, I know that I can definitely take this kind of research experience or just this hands on fieldwork experience into another setting in the future. Yes, of course. And I think it's you know, that is field work for, for you, you know, working with wild animals, you never know what's going to happen. And like you said, most likely because of the the harmful algal blooms that were happening during that time that affects all marine life. And that's just something that scientists and field researchers have to take into account, just like us with the crazy rainy weather season that we've had. Our research team here has had a quote unquote slower season because of the rain and stuff we haven't been able to get out and things like that so it's all part of the no don't want to be punny but the nature of working with nature (laughs) and I think it's really important to take into account so obviously like at face value it's more like oh darn like there's an algal bloom I can't go out there's no sharks but I think as you know a scientist or a researcher you're thinking about the why like okay like well, why is there an algal bloom? Or like, what are the impacts? Because, you know, I think that's something I've kind of also toyed around with. Like, what are the impacts of climate change on sharks? What are the adaptations to climate change? You know, some people study movement. Clearly, that's a good question. You know, if there's an algal bloom and it's causing movement for them to go further south or whatever direction, that's an important question to ask. Is this algal bloom in response to climate change or is it in response to, you know, a local natural disaster or something like that? You know, I think there's always these questions that, you know, scientists are asking themselves. Yeah. And I think those are very important ones to ask, especially for looking at a harmful algal bloom and wanting to know what is causing it and then what are the drivers then that happen because of that as well. But I think then looking back at this course and being able to see, you know, you did everything as we have been talking about so far. So then what would be maybe the most surprising thing that you had about this course that like you came in here being like, oh, I was not expecting this or anything along those lines? I guess for me, it was actually the stress physiology stuff. So I mean, in my mind, I was only thinking we were going to do it in a lab. I was only thinking like maybe they had some samples already on ice or from the fridge and maybe we're just going to do it like, you know, under a microscope and kind of process the blood that way. Again, I've never processed blood, so I had no idea how you process it. Um, And I didn't think I was going to be able to do it hands on myself. So that was really interesting was being able to actually, one, catch the samples through ocean fishing, two, you know, put it on a cooler, stabilize it and like take the blood and, you know, try and do our little experimental design um, and then rush to the cabin to try and, you know, process it before it coagulates and gets all like sticky. Um, So that was just really interesting to me. Again, you know, it kind of showed me, hey, like some things can be done on the boat. Some things have to be outsourced and sent to a lab to be processed. But being able to do all of it at once was really interesting to me. I wasn't expecting that. And it was definitely like a pleasant surprise for me. And I'm glad that I got to participate in it. 
all hands in doing everything with, with, with the biology of sharks course. So then I would really like to talk about, um, how you said you are a substitute teacher as well. And I like just to like touch on this because, you know, you have now, you're kind of figuring out what you want to do. You're do, you're looking at everything. And I would love to hear like how you like the subbing job and how, like, is this maybe something that you're even thinking about, like adding into like your little like arsenal of things that you would like to do? Yeah. So being a substitute teacher has definitely been a really good gig for me. It um, provides a lot of flexibility because obviously if you're working like, you know, a regular nine to five, they might not be like, hey, yeah, sure. Take two weeks and then another week and then another however many. So being a sub is definitely something that allows me that flexibility to travel if needed. Like, hey, like there's this opportunity to do this or there's this other opportunity or, oh, like you got a scholarship to do this. And, you know, that was something that was really important for me because, Again, it kind of happened towards summer and the end of school year, so it was going to be fine anyways. But um, that's when I got my two scholarships, one to Bimini Shark Lab and then obviously the Gills Club one in July. So um, it gave me the flexibility in my schedule to do that. With the like educator aspect, it's definitely something that I would like to bring into my future, whether it be like, you know, pursuing a TA ship for, you know, trying to support myself through grad school. Um, I think that's something I can bring in there and say, hey, like I have teaching experience. Let me apply to this TA ship. Or also too, again, I'm kind of looking into doing science communication. If I do that, you know, I also have outreach experience from a recent nonprofit that I used to work at. And then I also have the teaching experience. So I'm able to do both outreach and education. And for me, like I love being out there. I also love giving people like free stuff. Like who doesn't like free stuff? So like when organizations are like, yeah, like here's our I don't know. I mean, recently at the nonprofit that I worked at, we called it swag. Some people call it like their promo items. But, you know, I also just like love giving that stuff away. And I'm like, hey, here, like, you know, just listen to my bits of knowledge and you can have this like pencil or pen. Like it, it's something I love. And I think the the community definitely gets a kick out of it. And it also kind of closes that gap because I know that there's obviously a lot of fear surrounding sharks or even to um, people People don't want to communicate with scientists because they feel like maybe there's kind of this different level of superiority. And, you know, that's something obviously that I hate. Like everyone should feel comfortable learning about science and everyone should be able to understand it. I know a lot of the times in papers, it's got to be that flowery language, but, you know, the general public has to know about these things. And if we want to change, we have to communicate it to them in ways that are understanding and ways that are also like applying to them too, because it affects everybody. And that's the reality. So, you know, like that's, that's what's most important to me. And I think that's where I could definitely see my educator experience going to in the future. Yes. I love this. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. And passing out stuff. I have done a bunch of outreach events the last week. The amount of kids that come up be like, what can I get for free? (laughs) And and I like, I have like stickers that I give out to youth and I'll be like, I need you to ask me a shark question or tell me like your favorite shark or like something. I just can't give it to you. And they always will like give me something fun, but um, it's one of my favorite ways to interact with kids is being like, I will give you this free sticker, but I need something out of it from, from, from you. I need to know that you learned something at least from me. So even as an adult, I'm like a sticker. My day is made. Like I'm so grateful for this. I love collecting stickers still. I don't have enough like surfaces to put them on, but like (laughs) eventually 
I will get get one. But um, I do just want to touch upon Bimini because Bimini has a special place in my heart. I love that place. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit about your time there too before we wrap up. Yeah, Bimini Shark Lab was amazing. Shout out to everybody there. Like, oh my God, there is, um, I'm not going to say names because I don't want to like call her out, but I was so in that position. This lady had actually like, you know, been so overcome with emotion with how beautiful the experience was and I was like yeah like that's me I want to cry like I also want to cry like tears of joy obviously because it was so amazing but you know I got there and that was like my first time one ever going into Florida because I went into Florida and then I took a charter flight into the Bahamas so you know it was so interesting um being on a charter plane I was like oh my god they're so um, small too especially that one you're like huh? I was like, okay, let me survive so I can get to the Bahamas. But it was amazing. You know, the accommodations were wonderful. Just the water was absolutely beautiful. Like I felt like I was living in a dream. Um, And then even just going out on those excursions. So obviously, you know, we had our lectures, we had our excursions, and then we had our mealtimes and our mealtimes were awesome. Like the food was so good. Like shout out to the people of the mini shark lab. The food was amazing. Um, But also our excursions were really amazing too. Just being able to be in the mangroves, see the lemon sharks, also going to honeymoon Harbor, where we saw some rays, we saw some nurse sharks and their sharks were amazing as well. And then we kind of went out more into like a little bit of the open ocean. And we swam with sharks there as well. Um, saw some green sea turtles, and it kind of made me like, reminisce about my experience in Costa Rica, because there, um, I was studying more specifically olive ridleys. So we did see a couple greens, um, but mostly olive ridleys. But yeah, in Bimini, I saw some green sea turtles, lots of rays, lots of sharks, and it was definitely a wonderful experience. I had never had something so close like that. Um, And I think even being able to like just be in the water, be in the field, see what it's like to be on a boat, to go to the mangroves was really important. And I think a really important piece of information that I walked away with was about mangroves. I already knew the importance of mangroves, but just understanding even in the context of Bimini, how important it was. I don't want to say like it upset me. I don't want to turn it negative, but it definitely created like that kind of passion in me because, you know, right now, um, you know, there's current issues with development and whatnot and what that will do to the mangroves. And we understand mangroves are obviously so important to um, kind of protect and combat against, you know, weather and waves and whatnot, erosion. It also provides a safe space place for, you know, certain animals, whether that be turtles, whether that be the lemon sharks, um, could be a nursing area as well for some of those species. So it was really important to walk away with that knowledge and kind of think about like, hey, like, this could also be a research question. This can also be something that I pursue, whether it be like studying the mangroves themselves, or just kind of studying about, you know, what climate change is doing to them over the years. So I think that was something really important that I walked away with. And then just also the lectures too, and learning about sharks. Um, It definitely taught me that my favorite shark is the angular rough shark. So there's that super cute. Somebody in the course called it a shark blimp. And I was like, yeah, that that makes sense. sense. It makes sense. And I love it. So cute. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you, what is the shark species that you want to see and study? So would it be the angular rough shark? I thought about it. So I, I did think about that. Um, I like the angular rough shark, but I think maybe it'd be a little like kind of difficult to kind of get to them because they're benthic. Um, and I think they are, are vulnerable species. But the reason why I was interested is like they're kind of divas. I know that they have like an array of like diet, but the video that I was shown was them like feeding specifically on like the yolk and egg sacs and like 
just they literally have like they cut like a little well, not cut but you know they bite like a little tiny hole out and then just like slurp out the yolk and I'm like okay you're kind of a diva I kind of like it um but I think like sharks that I'd like to study are probably like the thresher shark I think more specifically the common thresher if I'm being correct um because I I've heard hopefully I'm saying it correctly is that they have cranial endothermy and their cousins like the um the pelagic and the whichever one um, or big eye I'm sorry big eye thresher don't have kind of like the same adaptation and I thought that was super interesting so you know just looking at like regional endothermy or crani cranial endothermy was really interesting to me but yeah like I mean I think any thresher shark would be cool especially the big eye too because they do have like those big eyes that kind of just peer over but yeah at this point I'm just happy to deal with any shark species <laughs> I like that you want to keep yourself open to anything especially just getting started you just want to be able to do anything and everything which you're already doing you're doing sea turtle stuff you were over on the east coast here i should say the northern east coast you did the southern east coast with bimini now you're back in california so you are going everywhere and anywhere and i'm for one excited to see what you do in your future so before i do let you go is there any advice you would like to share to people maybe starting out or switching out there career path? I guess my advice to anybody that's interested in this field is definitely um, you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I think this year for me, I mean, not to be all like, you know, deep and soft and whatnot, but really a process like this is going to make you look internally. And that was really important for me was doing the internal work and getting comfortable with rejection because, you know, while I had these amazing opportunities, I had to overcome rejection after rejection. And it wasn't such a bad thing, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant for me and it wasn't something that was going to serve to my future. Or maybe I didn't have the qualifications and it went to somebody better. And that gave me the peace of mind too, is that it was going to go to somebody else and they were going to use it in their future. And for me, you know, I had to get comfortable with it. And instead of kind of wallowing in it, I took the extra step if I, you know, was really disappointed about the opportunity I took the extra step and I reached out and I reached out in a positive way and said, hey, you know, I wasn't accepted to this opportunity, but I really just want to make sure that I'm moving forward from this with a growth mindset. How can I improve for the next application process? What is the ideal candidate look like? And like pretty much all of the times that I've done that, I got a positive response and they did tell me like, look, like you are a strong candidate. It's just maybe um, they're their goals aligned better with the program. So maybe I wanted to do genomics and this was more a program about fisheries management. You know, that's just an example. But and then I understand. I'm like, okay, maybe the person that got accepted is somebody that wants to work for, you know, a government agency or maybe they want to better inform fisheries. And that makes sense. And that was something that I had to get okay with. Um, and I feel like that's really helped me. And that's what actually helped me move forward. Because, you know, if I just stopped at that first rejection or the first five or, you know, however many, I would have never gotten to Bimini. I would have never gotten to Gills Club. So I think that is something that's really important for me to tell people. And then also to just really playing on your experience. So again, I started this journey off in psychology. People probably wouldn't even imagine. They're probably like, oh, like your degree is in marine biology or it's in just, you know, biology in general. Um, and understanding that whatever experience you have matters, like your degree is not obsolete. It's not that it doesn't matter. It's just that it's in a different field and you can still play that to your advantage. Like with me, I have that science background, but then I'm also like, Hey, like I'm able to communicate with an audience. I'm able to communicate with the public and I'm able to kind of, you know, 
connect the two and make sure that I'm bridging a gap. And that's something that's super important with science or, you know, science communication with the public, science communication with government agencies, outreach, things like that, whether it be with kids, adults, teenagers, it's super important to connect with any type of, you know, age group. And now that I have that in my mind, I'm like, okay, like, it, it makes everything feel more possible. So I guess that's just kind of my advice to people who are like, you know, a little bit scared or people who are feeling discouraged about rejection. Like, believe me, I was in the same spot. I definitely <laughs> felt like hopeless at times, but just pushing forward and being able to turn that into like a growth mindset was really important for me. And that's what's brought me here. Amazing. What a lovely and positive way to spin that for you and to keep that be like, you know, what, what is a way for me to improve and not think of it as a, a negative, but a positive in a way that you can grow. And I love it. What a great way to keep positive and have that type of, of mindset to move forward in whatever new journey that you set your heart and your mind to. Um, like I said earlier, I'm so excited to follow along with your, with your current and future journeys. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Is there anything else you would like to say before we step off today? No, that's it. I just want to thank you again for having me on the podcast. And again, thank you to Gills Club and those that made it possible to grant me the scholarship and to grant me this opportunity. Awesome. Thank you.